You're listening to a podcast from 702. In this hour, we bring you a masterclass. And this is um, what we do in the second hour of the show every single uh, Wednesday. So we get to immerse ourselves in a particular topic. And today it's all about biohacking, a topic I'm hoping to learn a lot about because it seems to be um, making several headlines, even the topic of television shows. So if you if you are pursuing or you live... Um, this sort of way with uh, biohack and you biohack your life or your health. I'd le- really love to hear from you about the biohacks that you've incorporated into your world as we explore this particular subject matter for today's masterclass. 702 Masterclass. Our guest for the segment is uh, Steve Stavs and he's from Made to Thrive. He's a health and executive coach, and um, we're talking about biohacking. I think due to COVID-19, our health has certainly become a huge focus. You know, we've become so aware um, and uh, we've become even more conscious of the fact that we can't take our health habits for granted. Um, obesity, in fact, um, is proving to be a condition that we need to stamp out because of how, uh, or how difficult it is to survive a COVID-19 uh, infection um, and also just poor health markers and lifestyle diseases that are big risk areas for our health. So um, it is with that in mind that we uh, uh, took up this invitation to look at biohacking. Um, and we've got science, we've got technological advancements, which now help us to be able to track our health better than ever before. And biohacking seems to be making uh, headlines more and more often. Recently, there was a fascinating Netflix series, which was called Unnatural Selection. Um, and we thought it's worth getting a closer look, taking a closer look into some of the fundamentals of uh, biohacking. So Steve Stavs, who is uh, based in Johannesburg, he's a biohacker, he's a performance coach, and he believes that this kind of DIY self-health approach can improve your quality of life and longevity. So what is it all about? Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, Azania. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes, let's really get into it because there's just so much curiosity and we'll be taking calls right through the conversation. By the way, the invitation stands for you as well. Get involved on 011-883-0702 or you can send us your voice notes or um, your uh, WhatsApps as texts on 072-702-1702. So Steve, what is biohacking? Well, I must say you've already got a good uh, grasp on it already, Azania, and you've done your research, and I'm sure you're a, a biohacker, and uh, there's a continuum of biohackers out there, and I think most of your listeners are biohackers because I think they've stood on the scale to measure their weight or you know, may- maybe they've measured their steps with a pedometer or they're part of a vitality program with all the measurables. So it's quite interesting as technology has come you know, through the biotech field is that a lot of people are embracing these assessments and evaluations. So in summary, the long and short of it, it's personal health optimization. And uh, we've developed a a definition on our website, Made to Thrive, that says it's the art and science of assessing and adapting your internal environment, which is your body, and your external environment, which is where you live and move and have your being, Mm -hmm. in order for you to optimize your mind, your body, and your soul. 
And it's from the simple where you measure your steps to the very complicated where you're doing genetic testing or you're doing omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. So we can sort of really Uh, go down different rabbit holes and I'll leave it up to you. But I think every single person out there is a biohacker in some sort. Right, just to varying degrees. No, that's correct. And, you know, I mean, it's incredible what happened in 1917 when the bathroom scale was invented. And I, I laugh about it because before then, you know, it wasn't something that people measured their weight. But as you know, weight gain is so insidious in onset. And how do you get the feedback and how do you get the measurables and how do you know where you are if you don't have the data or, mm-hmm. as Americans say, the data points for you to make lifestyle changes and habits in order that you can actually improve your well-being and your health. So what do you mean about changing our external and internal environments? Well, let me give you an example. You know, I started biohacking probably 25 years ago when I was at medical school in in the mid-90s, and I saw, hang on, actually I'm carrying way too much weight, and it was because of nutritional, you know, overeating and wrong nutritional choices. And then when I started going through the process and I started measuring certain data points, I said, Mm. hang on. I've got to change this. So the internal environment, our body was, hang on, my heart rate was too high. My blood pressure was too high. There were measurables that were giving me feedback to say, hang on, you're going to compromise your health in the long term. You're going to compromise your performance, how you wake up in the morning, both your physical, your mental, your emotional performance is affected by our bodies and how well they are and how they're operating. So I started a process in probably the mid-90s where I lost over 20 kilograms. Mm -hmm. And we know how difficult it is to sustain these transformations. And it's something that I ask a lot of my clients and a lot of the people that I interview is how do we sustain our transformations? What tools can we use? And biohacking is a tool. It's a means. It's a way of assessing for you to sustain your transformation. And the research shows that 80 to 95% of people that lose weight will regain that weight within five years and often put on more weight. So what are the keys? What are the factors? What are the variables that Mm -hmm. help us sustain our transformation? What are those? Because then it brings us into what we are hacking or what we need to do. Well, absolutely. I think biohacking is one of those tools and those means. And that's why I've got into it is that it's science-based, it's measurable. And if you look at this incredible vitality program that has international acclaim, and people might know out there, obviously, you're measuring your blood pressure needs to be within a certain range to get certain points. You measure your glucose levels. I'm sure a lot of your, you know, your listeners have measured their glucose levels and said, hang on, I've got to change my diet or I've got to change my exercise. Mm-hmm. So those are the internal things that we start looking at and they're different sort of measurables. Your waist hip ratio is very important. Your overall body mass index is very, very important. And these programs have been really, really good at saying, this is what your measurable is. This is what you need to do to be healthy. Now you need to move towards that. And when you do move towards that, we will reward you. And so a big reward process is so important to help people change their habits and their lifestyles. Because as you know, Sonia, is it easy to change these lifestyle habits and nutritional sort of ways of eating if they've been part of your life for so long? But the thing is, you were, talk, you were talking about relapsing or uh, regaining the weight that you'd worked so hard to shed. But a lot of these issues are emotions driven, that we know the answers, we need to change our behaviors. You know, we, we, 
the mind logically we know the things that we need to do and we do them up to a degree but sometimes emotions creep in um and many of our or many of the challenges that we have whether it's with money whether it's emotional eating uh or however we soothe whether it's shopping you name it is emotions driven absolutely yeah so it's emotions driven or the emotions are what can drive that uh, relapse so how does this data or how does biohacking uh, so far, we've talked about the data tracking measurable component mm. of it. How does yes. bio, uh, biohacking um, uh, kind of att- address this area? And I think that's an incredible question because I think people out there are so different. They're so unique. Now, for some people, when they know their measurables and say, hang on, the doctor says your blood pressure has been so high, you had high risk for a stroke. That does something that causes a shock, that causes an emotional change for them to say, if I don't transform my life, if I don't change my blood pressure, I'm at a high risk. And I mean, this is scientifically unequivocally proven. High blood pressure over time increases your chance of having a stroke or a heart attack or developing a chronic disease. So when they see that possibility, that has an emotional change within them to say, I don't want to have a stroke like this person, or I don't want to have a heart attack like that person. I mean, heart disease or cardiovascular disease is the number one killer out there. So when they've got the measurables, they then say, okay, this is where I'm at. Now, if we look at the emotional part of why people don't adapt to a new lifestyle, Working with a health coach that can have a look at the reasons why people don't change because change is difficult and Mm. sustained change is even harder. So those emotional aspects are very, very important. Are they feeling lonely? I mean, the pandemic has shown that people that are isolated, that are feeling lonely, they overeat often. They feel depressed. And these emotional emotions that they're going through can cause significant detrimental health effects. And we've seen that, and you've said in the, in the intro, how important our health is, how important our fat percentage is, how important our, if we've got chronic diseases and we're taking chronic medications for us to overcome if we infect, get infected by the virus. Mm. So community, uh, contact with others, a social group, a social kind of Correct. net is quite, is a big component or an important component to, um, to, to, in order to address the emotional side of uh, a human being, not just, of course, it can't, it's not just the physical. But first, let's, mm. let's look, I just want to hear your thoughts on what is, what we are observing, because Something is spurring this biohacking industry. Something is spurring it on. And there's clearly a a need that's not being met. Um, We've also heard about disruptions that are happening to different industries, different sectors. Mm. And the medical profession is another one that is being disrupted as we speak with these wearable gadgets that measure, that give us these measurables on a daily basis and so on. Mm. And there's an increasing call to say that, can it stop being about once I'm sick and trying to fix me once I'm sick, but rather help me avoid being sick? Give me the sort of wearables that will say, we're seeing a pattern over the past week that your cholesterol levels are, or whatever levels, your glucose mm. levels are up, or th- these yeah. hormones, or you're, you're constantly adrenalized, make a change, otherwise X will happen. You know, so what is spurring this industry on? I think it's a great question. I just want to finish the last one and just say the community that you've got, your health coach, your doctor, your medical doctor, that's really good, is crucially important. The people that you are part of a group where you belong. I mean, it's it's interesting that if you have an obese friend, you've got a 40% increased chance of becoming obese yourself. So Mm. community is important. 
whether you embrace an incredible group of people, a running club or a dance or, you know, my wife's a Zumba dancer. They've been such, there's such a beautiful belonging. There's such a group there. There's such joy. There's such fun. It's very, very important to help you along your journey. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important. According to the wearables, and I think what, what's spurring on this biohacking is that people have realized if I do know the data, if I am aware of what's happening in my body, I can then move that data. And this goes with a simple pedometer, which is that there's multiple studies, there's meta-analyses showing that if you wear a pedometer measuring the amount of steps, you know, a lot of people have these watches or rings mm. or devices. If you measure the amount of steps and you have a goal, you increase the amount of activity by 27% on average by just knowing the numbers. Mm-hmm. So yes, we do have to work at the emotional level. You've mentioned that. That's important. You know, do we belong? Do we feel loved? Are we accepted? Are we valued? I think those are important and there's counselors and psychologists and health coaches that can help you. But do we know the data? That's very, very important. And when we do know the data, someone like a Peter Drucker will say, what can be measured can be managed. And so we can manage our health often when we know the numbers. And I think people have realized, I want to take personal accountability, Azania. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving my health accountability to the doctor or to the specialist or someone who's giving me chronic medication. As brilliant as our doctors are, our African doctors here are incredible. But they're not trying to walk a journey of transformation with you. They're not there when your glucose one morning goes to eight or nine after a meal and you're not sure what happened or your sleep data says you didn't get enough deep sleep. They're not trained to help you with transformation. And that's where we have other mechanisms and means like the biotech of, say, Strava. It's an app, a running app where people measure the different sort of laps and different speeds and they work with one another to encourage one another and inspire one another to improve their performance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's take a call. Uh, we're inviting your calls on 011-883-0702. And we're taking your WhatsApps as well throughout this masterclass. My guest this afternoon is Steve Stavs, and he's a professional biohacker and performance coach. And we'll just look at some of the things that um, he has studied over time because there is quite a variety of disciplines that complement this kind of work. Mm. Megan, you are in Midrand. Good afternoon. Hi, Azania and Steve. Um, I had my uh, genetic, my genes tested a couple of years ago through my dietitian, and there were um, a few really life-changing um, things that came out of it. Number one, you get a list of medications that uh, tells your doctor what your body, what uh, ingredients your body does um, mm. metastasize and what it doesn't metastasize. You can go to the doctor and say, give me Panada and not um, aspirin because, um, mm. you know, Panada works better for me. But I think one of the most transformational things was I'd always, my entire life, I'd looked at other people's energy levels and I thought, you know what, I'm just you know, I must be quite a lazy person, and the DNA testing showed that I only produce half the mitochondria or energy cells that a normal person produces. Mm. And as a res- and if the cooler the temperature gets, the more mitochondria I produce. So what I do now is I really manage my temperatures in my office so that I, you know, can work at optimal energy levels. Um, if I keep my office Excellent. cool, mm. then I know that I've got more energy and um, 
And the other thing, a couple of years ago, I was training to go to Everest Base Camp, and my husband and I did pull out, but my genetics told me that um, I don't suffer at all from um, altitude sickness. And, of course, we know now that um, the cooler I get, the more energetic I get. So I told my friend mm. um, that I was training with, I've got absolutely no excuse for Everest Base Camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Megan. Are you looking to um, get deeper into this kind of analysis of your body and your health and, you know, adaptations to your external environment? Um, so I see my dietitian on a monthly basis and we base our consultations completely on what comes up in my genes. And she's able to tell me what supplements will be most effective for me. Um, certain like um, the, uh, you know, Amigas are, are one of the ones she said to me, they are like um, breathing air to you with your genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. And glutathione, mm-hmm. not L-glutathione, but glutathione is another one that she said mm-hmm. will absolutely um, change my life because mm-hmm. it's a very powerful antioxidant. Yes, so are you producing enough of it? Yeah. I found out I'm not producing enough of it, Megan. So it, it's, it's so true about how revealing these sorts of tests can uh, can be yes mm. i cannot i cannot recommend it highly enough right. it has been life changing wow thanks for the call yeah, megan um and there are just sort of the examples would you say that this is a testament or an example of examples what she raised are examples of biohacking Absolutely, Azania, and it's so good to hear these testimonies because I think the more people take accountability of their health and do the genetic testing, which is just one part of the process, the more they measure their sleep, the more they measure how many steps they're taking, the more blood tests they they, they do, the more they educate them and themselves. I think education is so important. The way people are learning, I think of my 17-year-old son learning on YouTube and growing and asking questions and having his own coach and bouncing this idea and bouncing that idea and then going to your doctor, you know, being informed. I mean, a doctor is the root of doctor is a Latin word docere, which means teacher. Okay. You're supposed to be, be able to ask your doctor questions and he's be able to talk to you and engage with you. And then obviously the dietitian in Megan's case is incredible and she's well informed and they're going through a process of health transformation. You know, we can't do it alone, Azania. And I think if anyone hears anything, we need these people in our lives to help us journey, to help walk with us. Because there's a lot of information and measurables and tech out there. Some is very helpful for some people. For mm-hmm. Megan, maybe it was the gen- genetics. For me, it was my sleep data that was so important. Measuring my sleep was a game changer. It changed my life totally. So there are these different measurables that have different effects or move the needle more than others. For and we've got to try and find out. Yeah. 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 For different individuals. So let's talk about um, this idea of health span versus lifespan. What are the distinctions? How do, how should we understand these? I think it's important. I think uh, at the end of the day, people want to be healthy and well. They want to be filled with energy. They want to wake up on a Monday morning saying, thank God it's Monday and not say, thank God it's Friday. They want to be motivated and inspired. And I think if you're living free of chronic disease, that's more important than having a long life of chronic disease and suffering and pain. And so I think the narrative has changed. In fact, the CDC in America, the last three years, lifespan has reduced. It's gone backwards. 
And so people are dying younger than ever before in America, which is a fascinating sort of concept to understand with all our technology and who we are and our medical facilities that lifespan's coming down. But I think it's important that people realize that you can live a long life with chronic disease and pain and suffering. It's not great. People don't feel good. They cannot perform at work. They cannot enjoy their family and their close communities and their children. And just who they call to be. Everybody's got a unique calling and purpose to live out. And I think that gives us the most satisfaction and contentment when we live out our, our purpose through community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the mental health uh, pandemic that we have is one of the contributors to um, that reduction in lifespan in the U.S. But as you say, it's also about the quality of life, your health span and yeah. how you're able to preserve that. Let's go to Linda in Pretoria. Hi, Linda. Hi, Adonia. Um, I find your conversation with Steve very interesting. Good. Um, I've just realized I'm a biohacker myself. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I'm my steps and, and, and um, I don't know if Steve would know about the Jeff Together and the Jeff Life group. It's a group of um, people who do online exercises as an online club. Um, and I'm part of that. Um, mm-hmm. But my mm, question uh, that, that I'd like to ask Steve is about BMI. Okay. Um, BMI makes me see red because my BMI is very high, although I'm extremely fit. I do Kung Fu. I do um, Jeff three times a week, which is basically high interval training, Mm. Uh, you know, uh, HIIT training. Um, I walk my dogs. Um, I walk about just my steps, about 50 to 70,000 steps a week. so I'm really active, but my BMI, I'm 1.69 meters tall and I weigh 75 kilograms. Mm-hmm. So now they tell me I'm obese. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. really makes me angry because I have muscle mass and they even my insurance sent people out to me to measure me <laughs> because apparently they look at your weight circumference, okay. um, yeah. you know, to decide whether you are a risk for insurance. Mm. How 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 should we regard BMI? Yes, because I see red when people say BMI. Yeah, Uh, Steve, a quick response. I've got to take headlines, but just to respond to Linda. Yeah, I think BMI has got its uh, positives and negatives, and I think you need a body composition, which is very, very important. And these are the sometimes the measurable where biohacking is not helpful, is that the science moves on and body composition is more important than BMI, but it does have some value. And I'm, I'm really happy to hear about your lifestyle and the steps you take in getting the insurance guys to come out. I think that's important. But BMI is just one measurable. There are many other measurables for them to determine how healthy you are. And I think they are very important to incorporate all the other evaluations as well to make a sort of a risk analysis of you. Mm. Right. We've got to take headlines. We continue our masterclass on biohacking and we'll look into a few other aspects of uh, this particular way of life. Some also call it DIY biology. Uh, what are your questions, your thoughts? So we'll address those that have already come in on WhatsApp and lines open on 011 883 0702. 702. Masterclass.
It's 21 minutes to uh, 3 o'clock and we've been in the throes of a masterclass about a concept called biohacking. And um, we many are we're already familiar with aspects of it, but there are also other areas, in fact, that are much more in-depth. And we've been chatting to Johannesburg-based professional biohacker and performance coach Steve Stavs. And um, he is in the space and he's been giving us insights as to what it is all about. There are a couple of messages, Steve, if we could touch on them. Um, one question asks about your thoughts on... I'll find it in a moment. Let me just come back to my notes. I just uh, let me come back to that. Uh, we'll find that in a moment. So let's look at the fact that you this involves a number of disciplines. That it's just not it's not only one. Yes, you have studied science and uh, you've complemented this with a number of other disciplines. You've researched for many years. Uh, topics around breathing, around the importance of community. You mentioned your own sleep patterns and how much that of a game changer that was. Um, you have researched things like sun exposure um, and even down to why we should not wear sunglasses. Just tell us a little yes. bit more and what some of the, what what has been revealed through this this process and some of the disciplines you draw from. Sure, it's been quite a journey. And, you know, I think uh, if we just take a 30,000 foot view is that people need to educate themselves. They need to do the work with the community that they, you know, involved in their medical doctors, their specialists. And it reminds me of the traditional Chinese medicine doctor he used to go around to people and he used to help them. And they used to pay him a monthly income, but when they got sick, they stopped paying him. And so it's the reverse role where if people <laughs> can look after themselves and they can adopt these lifestyle habits, they can be empowered to take accountability of their health. And something like sun, it's not the sunlight itself. It's the dose that's important. Because if I had to say to you, Sonia, is healthy mineral spring water good for you? Mm. Yes, it is. Mm. But what happens if I just say to you, drink 25 liters in one day, Azania? Would that be healthy for you? No. No. So it's about dose dependent. And when it comes to the sun, our eyes are so important with the light. And it's been around for thousands of years that we've been receiving sunlight into our eyes. And we don't want to look into the sun. We never want to burn because that's really carcinogenic if we burn. But the sun starts a whole circadian process in our bodies. Our eyes receive that sunlight. We've got UV receptors and it starts a circadian clock where we start making melatonin, which is the master antioxidant, even more important than glutathione is mm -hmm. melatonin. Mm -hmm. And it leads to our brain where the pineal glands is and we start manufacturing for the release of melatonin late at night. So when we put sunglasses on or we under junk or artificial light the whole time, we're confusing our whole body, our whole bodily rhythms of when it should be night and when it should be day. We should be wake up in the morning, rested, energized, ready to go. And then at night, we should be relaxed, at peace, and being able to be tired so that we can sleep. And so our circadian biology is important. And sunglasses, we've got to use with caution. If there's glare, if it's really harsh sunlight, sure. But getting morning sunlight is the most important uh, signal to your body about your circadian rhythm. And I think that's very important 
important for people to understand that before sunlight, sunglasses were invented, people would live for generations without sunglasses, and there was a very important reason for it. So that's one of the, you know, the, the myth busters that are out there is that I really recommend people to use sunglasses with caution. And it took me six months to get off sunglasses because I was so sensitive to the sunlight because I used to wear sunglasses the whole time. So much. Mm. But uh, there are a lot of ophthalmologists in America that are saying how important light is to our biology, that cortisol should be released in the morning to get you up. And then at night, it's about melatonin. So these hormonal responses are based on our circadian rhythm. Steve? Yeah. Oh, we still have you. You're right. still there. Yeah, yes. yeah. So here's a question from Michelle. She says, um, what about functional medicine? What does your guest think about functional medicine? Because uh, she says that it ties in with this conversation. I think it's important. And if we can, functional medicine talks about doing sort of these assessments and all this biohacking and getting to the root of disease, you know, having a look how, how important the pandemic has vitamin D been. How important has been your stress levels? I mean, stress is, everybody's stressed, everybody's anxious. How do we measure stress? Well, there's certain blood tests. You can look at your adrenal status, which are very important, like your DHEA and your cortisol. So you go to a good medical doctor, functional medicine doctor to do these bloods. But then there's a biohack that you can have at home, Azania. It's called heart rate variability. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, mm-hmm. it's been researched for a long time. How do we measure our stress? And so you measure this heart rate variability, which is basically the difference between your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. Now, those are big words, but your sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight or freeze system so when someone's trying to get your cell phone you need that to kick in so you can run away or you fight or you freeze and then your parasympathetic is your rest or digest or relax system and what's happening is we're in the sympathetic overdrive and we're all feeling this anxiety and this stress at different degrees some more than others and you know what's been happening uh, you know abroad just with suicide and anxiety and one in three americans has been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder so how do we measure these stresses well functional medicine is one way that's important to get those blood points those data points but at home we can use heart rate variability a little device a lot of these watches now or rings or uh, devices you can measure heart rate variability, which gives you a good indication of where you are from a stress point of view. And in fact, these elite athletes measure their heart rate variability in the morning to see how hard they can train that day. So it's not only for stress, it's how hard can I perform? How hard can I train in that day? So it's for health and performance. Mm, mm. And what I'm seeing as well, just from a look at some practices within the sector. I mean, some make me raise an eyebrow, but then others I think I'm already uh, uh, just absolutely convinced by. Some techniques, for instance, uh, include looking at centuries-old practices like Vipassana meditation, intermittent Mm. fasting. So it seems like it's a complement of the old and the new, looking at technology, at data, at analysis of that data, uh, wearables. But then on the other side, you mentioned studying Chinese medicine and philosophy, things mm-hmm. like acupuncture yes. and others depend yeah. or, or utilize practices like uh, intermittent fasting or even different sure. types of um, meditation practices. 
And I think that's crucial, Azania, because it is the combination of an ancestral sort of practices and lifestyle or medicine. What can we learn from our ancestors? How important storytelling was? How important was it to go in a group and, and do an activity together? Like dancing is so therapeutic and it's fasting that's been a spiritual practice and fasting is just, it's, it's an incredible practice. It's my number one nutritional tool mm. because whether you carnivore or you keto or you vegan or you vegetarian and I'm not yet to start a food war with yeah. you lasagna because I don't know He's your right. diet <laughs> but intermittent fasting is something that everybody can do if they go along a journey so if you've got a health condition work with someone to help you do intermittent fasting because the research and the science is incredible <laughs> it helps you just repair and regenerate it's so good for your gut it stimulates a process called autophagy which cleans out these old dead senescent cells that are not good for you that often lead to cancers and other chronic conditions so fasting is a must never mind the diabetic pandemic out there of high glucose and hyperinsulinemia high insulin levels fasting is the number one tool to get your glucose down and deal with that high insulin which is called insulin resistance so it's something that i incorporate with all my clients but it's an it's an ancient practice it's part of ancestral medicine and now we're combining it with new nutritional science mm -hmm. which is now unequivocal to show how we important it is for your health and your well-being mm. let's take a break steve and then we'll come back to our listener questions more on this masterclass as we wrap after the break 702 masterclass right we're in the final segment of our masterclass couple of questions now the area um that, that i think for me raises an eyebrow is the supplementation side of things steve um so uh, th th that that's a feature that's come to be associated mm. with the space and supplements are another popular tool in uh, the biohacking sure. arsenal and you know for many the jury may still be out on their value uh, or even sure. yeah of supplements and there's also this new terrain of nootropics or smart drugs that form mm. part of yeah. the supplement uh, uh, discussion so what is your uh, standpoint and also just thinking on supplements? I love this question because I get this question so often, Azania. And then once again, is if you're taking the supplements, you need to look at the data. What are your blood tests saying? When you want to take magnesium, do you need it or do you know your red cell magnesium levels? So once again, that's where biohacking comes in. If you're taking the supplements, well, can you just go out and just take iron, for example, if you don't know your iron levels? So my view on supplementation is you need to work with someone. You need to work with a health professional or a health coach that can guide you, that can help you, can ask these questions. Never mind looking at your sleep data because you might be taking supplements at the wrong time and mm -hmm. it's affecting your mm -hmm. sleep. So that's where the art and science of biohacking comes in. Is it measurable? In fact, my view often with supplementations, if you can't measure your sleep or your blood tests or put some type of data in place, then don't just go and just take a bunch of supplements. Also, you've got to be working with someone that you trust. I mean, trust is crucial to this, to go and just buy off the internet and, and buy supplements. It can be problematic. Now, not for everyone because everybody's individual. And that's where personalized health optimization comes in. You take accountability, Ozania, and you see how you feel with these different products. The less is more. You want to try and get as best as you can out of your, 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 your diet, your nutrients that you get in your eating plan, plus your fasting plan, because they're both part of getting the supplementation we need. And is there a place for nootropics? Absolutely. But you need to be working with someone. We've all got blind spots. We've all got these scotomas where we don't see things and we think, 
you know, oh, this is helpful, so more is better. I mean, I'm an extremist, as I know. I think if we just do something that's good, then if I just do more of it, it's better. And so it's not necessarily the case. And we do need people to walk a journey with you to help you if you want to be taking a lot of supplementation. Right. Um, and the question also is that, is this proven by science? Um, this skepticism, I, I um, wanted to find that message quickly, but one of our listeners um, says that this is just another money-making or it, 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 their view is that if it's not backed by science, sure. then it's sure. simply uh, a hack and it's a way of uh, making money. Well, I think one thing is, is science important? Absolutely, but that's only half of the truth. The other is, how do you feel? Because before science was around, how did you feel when you woke up in the morning? How was your sleep? I mean, we've, we want biohacking as a measure, but we also want to be body and self-aware mm-hmm. of where we are at and the people that are close to us to give us that feedback. So some things are back, like your omega-3s. If you look at your omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, omega-3s have been proven to be extremely beneficial. Taking magnesium, which is called the miracle, uh, miracle um, element or mineral, is so important. The science has proven that. Having too high iron can be problematic. Having too low iron can be problematic. So that's something you've got to be careful of. And the science is debating that. Just like the science is debatable about COVID-19 and where it's come from, with regards to supplements, it's debatable. Mm -hmm. So we need to try and look very carefully at our lifestyles to minimize the supplements. We, we, we want to try and do it as naturally as we can, but living in this first world life with all these stresses and all the stimulation and all this noise, unfortunately, many times we do need to take supplements. And I think it's important that we don't say no to supplements or yes to su- supplements and be taking 20 boxes of supplements because it is a contentious issue. And at the end of the day, we do need to err on the side of caution. Mm. Well, I'm certainly of the view that also medicine or our health is one of the, it's becoming more and more in, individualistic, that it's not really a one size fits all. As you said earlier, Correct. you know, some people would have a, a, a certain way of processing uh, just different things in their bodies and therefore a new need sure. would arise. So it's not one size fits all. So I'm all for Absolutely. an approach that says um, a solution for X is not a solution for you, does not mean it's a solution solution for you um lots of questions have come in um let's go to ryan bradshaw um ryan i see that you're also a biohacker good afternoon good afternoon lasagna and steve my name is ryan i'm a biohacker and biochemist at human transformation clinic i've been through a 45 kilogram transformation and we have over 300 transformations available so we are quite firm believers in the whole biohacking scene and obviously health and wellness from a holistic standpoint so there's a variety of testing options that we do have available at our facilities, but one of them in particular that I did want to bring about while we're on the topic of supplements is our hair tissue and mineral analysis. So what this test means is it gives us a good biological blueprint of what minerals might be in abundance or insufficient within the body. So, and you look at that through um, the hair, Ryan? Yes, through, through the, the hair tissue. So, okay. This test gives a good intracellular perspective of, of your health over a three-month period, which is quite nice because, obviously, like I said, you can see what is missing in your body. What do you really need to stimulate that energy production? Um, and a lot of the times when clients come to us seeking help, you know, for their weight loss journey, uh, one of the common things we look at in this test is the actual um, relationships of these minerals. And these relationships can actually predict 
certain metabolic trends. So I want to put one out there just as an example, um, your oxidation rate. So that's a general term. Obviously, it's just the rate of ability to break down food into energy. Okay. And if someone is trending towards a slow oxidation rate, they're most likely going to be gaining weight. So it's one of those things that we look at. Um, and alongside of that, we also look at certain stresses building up in the body. What is my stress level um, taking place in the body? Am I exhausting myself or am I in this alert sympathetic state that Steve was talking about earlier. So it's a very good way to see what minerals are out of place in the body. Mm, and uh, how to, to kind of uh, find a strategy to correct it for yourself, an individual strategy. Ryan, thank you. Let's go next to uh, Michael in Brooklyn. Michael, you want to comment about supplements? Yes. Mm. Uh, thank you so much. I actually want to say, you know, supplements are uh, uh, to be very careful of because... Um, Scientifically, there are some things that could be proven that is right at a point. But after a little while, we get to know that it is actually adverse effects to our system. And you need to know how much supplements you need to take mm. if, if you need it. Mm, which is why so much yes yes, yes. michael i am come running out of time but i think we did address uh the supplement conundrum and uh w- what the best kind of approach is it's not to you know fill your cupboard and take everything under the sun without an awareness of uh what your your what your markers or your, what your numbers are and what is needed and this is under consultation of course um but steve we're out of time if anyone wants to read up more mm. on uh biohacking and the work you do uh, where can we send them? I think the best is the website Made to Thrive. Okay. Uh, all lowercase letters. Okay. Uh, we're on Instagram at Steve Stav ZA. We're on LinkedIn at Steve Stavs, on Facebook at Steve Stav ZA, and mm-hmm. Made to Thrive as uh, ZA. And I think the best is a WhatsApp at 064-871-0308. And personally, I'm answering that WhatsApp because there's been so many questions and calls <laughs> with regards to health optimization and personal biohacking, which I think is the way of the future with regards to people taking accountability of their health. Thank you. Thanks for your time this afternoon, Steve Stavs, a professional biohacker and performance coach.